country, Marty. Money. You taught me that. Evil defense contractors had it. Noble causes did not. Politicians are bought and sold like so much chattel. Our problems multiply. Pollution, crime, drugs, poverty, disease, hunger, despair. We throw gobs of money at them. Problems always get worse. Why is that? Because money's most powerful ability is to allow bad people to continue doing bad things at the expense of those who don't have it. I agree. Now, who did you say you were working for? Oh, that's just my day job. Listen, when I was in prison, I learned that everything in this world, including money, operates not on reality, but the perception of reality. Positive. People think a bank might be financially shaky. Consequence. People start to withdraw their money. Result. Pretty soon it is financially shaky. Conclusion. Make banks fail. I've already done that. Maybe you've read about a few. <laughs> Think bigger. Stock market? Yes. Currency market? Yes. Commodities market? Yes. Small countries? I might even be able to crash the whole damn system. Destroy all records of ownership. Think of it, Marty. No more rich people. No more. Poor people, everybody's the same. Isn't that what we said we always wanted? the name of this show. Welcome in. My name is Michael Govier. It's a Cinema Night Podcast. You're listening live to a show about film, movies, cinema, Mother Whistler. All your favorite pals are coming to the show today. We're going to do Sneakers. Does it hold up for this week's episode? Chosen by the one and only Travis Roy. Travis at yeah. Royzervoir on Twitter. That's R-O-Y-S-E-R-V-O-Y-R for those of you that have spelling issues. Travis, how did you come to this nickname? It seems like you've had it for many decades now. The, the, we're, we're looking at the man who gave it to me, Eric Branstrom himself. Uh, started calling me Roy Zavar back in high school because uh, until I developed my own personality, I thought that liking Reservoir Dogs was a personality, <laughs> and I would just <laughs> recite it uh, at, like at lunch every day to like whoever would pull my string. I would just 
like they'd say like hey do a scene i'd like just go <laughs> and uh and you know that was it so so my last name being roy eric started calling me Royzavor, and here we are and it's 2020 on the brink of 2021 what a lovely story to go into the new year <laughs> eric eric you got to feel good about that you know a nickname that stood the test of time how do you feel i feel fucking fantastic i'll never forget we were both like 12 years old. This guy, kids were recommending this horrifically violent <laughs> goddamn movie. And I had never heard of it. I'll never forget the first time I saw that one. So hopefully one day we'll be able to talk at length about it. Yeah. Really good. Is it? It's a class. I mean, I, 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 dogs? I like it enough to tattoo it on me. So I like yeah. it. Yeah. But we all make mistakes. It's okay. You can backtrack. There's no, it's nothing wrong with that if you want. I, so you can come I clean mean, on this show. I've seen, I've seen the movie. And I still like it. Okay. Well, uh, it definitely is Tarantino at his best, which is weird because sometimes you start out great and then you fall apart or you get better. Like we talked about Memento a couple weeks ago, how he came out with Memento after the following course, but Memento was his big debut and then he got better. So sometimes people start out hot and they stay hot. Sometimes people develop and grow. There's a lot of different ways to live life. And on the Cinema Night Podcast, we're here to talk about all those different paths. Follow the show, cinema9podaprotapmail.com. Email the show. That's how you can do all these things. We love connecting with you on film. It's so much fun. It's so damn fun to do this show every week. We love talking about this shit. It just never gets old. We've done 36 episodes. That's impressive. Now we're going to do the 37th. And we do want to take some moments here to pay tribute to a great actor, a man that died like, Right after we finished last week's show, uh, as soon as we got off the air last Thursday, it was like, oh, fuck. Tiny Zeus Lister died at 62 years old. That's fucking horse shit. So, Travis, please indulge us. Give us some Tiny Zeus Lester's fun moments. Um, you know, uh, obviously, I think like a lot of people, Friday was a major introduction for me to him. Uh, him, him as a Debo, you know, what you got him a drink. Um, you know, it's definitely classic, but my, my go-to role for him has got to be, uh, his performance in, uh, Dark Knight. I mean, that's just epic. Just that, that, you know, just the, the way that, that they, they used his character. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that he did, uh, and that's kind of a smaller role, but like, um, just the, you know, he doesn't have a lot of lines, but his delivery is so solid and, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be missed. He was a good one. Ouch. Painful memories here today. As Eric Branstrom sheds a tear. I know you were a big fan. You respected him. No holds barred. It's not a great movie, but that was the big introduction to me for Tiny Zeus Lister. How about you, Eric? In 1989, the preview for No Holds Barred Huge. came in uh, Brighton Cinema, yeah. starring the great legendary Hulk Hogan himself. And this guy, fucking Tiny Zeus Lister. He had like these cross eyes. It was huge. He looked like a he looked like a goddamn like mountain that was like fucking pissed. Uh, I'd never seen anything like it. I was like, who is this guy? Um, a lot of great role. Uh, uh, the Fifth Element, he's fucking fantastic in that. Uh, but Travis, you're right. I mean, the, you could take that role the, the same way it's written in The Dark Knight and just have it just be this cheesy, dumb thing. Even with this guy who's capable of like humor and going over the top, he underplays it. He just kind yeah. of mumbles at the guy. You don't want to do this. Uh, it's just so good and coming from this guy i gotta admit i'm gonna do this live on the show i'm worried about this admission i've 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 never seen friday so i, I, oh, I don't know about this character oh, fucking dude yeah i 
I cannot tell you how many times in my life I have sat through Friday, especially the first 45, 50 minutes. <laughs> Probably yeah. about twice as much as the rest of the movie, to be honest. But, man, I'm surprised. I, I, whew, that movie's classic guess, in my book. I guess you didn't come over to... Maybe didn't Friday wasn't to- playing at Jimmy's, but Friday was playing with, like, me and Harview and Coomer and all. We used to watch Friday all the time on VHS. Guy, all yeah. you, all of us. That was well, yeah. Post high school, there was, it was there was a lot of uh, hanging out at Jimmy's, watching stuff. But during high school, we we, we hung out at my house a lot, as you may recall. And and Eric True. was not leaving his neighborhood at that time. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> maybe I guess you missed Friday in part for that reason. Yeah. I could see that yellow VHS box right now, Friday. That was huge. And I can remember how disappointed I was in the sequel. Oh, I was yeah. I was excited about it, but it was not funny. I'm sorry. No, it's no good. But they made like three at least. I think there's a fourth maybe. Oh, no. Anyways, yeah, Friday, that's a stunning admission, Eric Brenton. That's got to be one of the more stunning admissions I've heard on the show, to be honest with you, just because it's so – uh, it is. It's so – Mainstream. I don't know why it's called Friday. All I remember is like they're sitting <laughs> on the chairs and they go, damn, that's it. it Literally, uh, that's it. It takes place on Friday. Oh, I thought maybe that was a name of Tiny Drew <laughs> Flister's character. No, that's a Debo. Uh, not to spoil it. It's, yeah, it's like one of those like day in the life movies. Yeah, <laughs> it was Friday. I believe F. Gary Gray, the director. Great yeah, director. That's, that's where he I, broke through. Just nothing but quotes, like one of the most yeah. quotable movies I can think of. I mean, yeah, I made Chris Tucker everything. Rush Hour never would have happened without Friday. So That's the one where the guys like got like the air fresheners on the toilet. He's like spraying all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Doc- check it out and report back to you next week. Doctor says I need a bacchiotomy. Nothing. <laughs> nothing just oh, damn. That, that's half baked, dude. That's half baked. Sorry. No, doc- no, doctor says I need a bacchiotomy. Is that that's half baked? Oh yeah, shit! I thought it was oh, on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was on the, on the floor. He, I want a hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, he's like, oh my back, my back. That's what he's. I think that's. Uh, I got him mixed up. All right. You're thinking of uh, losing all my a lot. Uh, losing all my '90s comedy cred here. All my stoner comedy cred. <laughs> There's a lot of weed in both those movies, so it actually and, makes sense. Uh, yeah, I've been pretty stoned while watching both of those films. I can't. Yeah, I, I I may have done that once. Uh, probably. I, I have seen How yeah. High, and I remember laughing. Yes, I've, I've also smoked weed and watched that movie, too. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Another stoner film. <laughs> yeah, we should do like a stoner film rundown. That'd be fun. In fact, eventually, sooner or later, I don't know if it'll be me or Travis, but a stoner film will be put on this pod for Does It Hold Up? And it won't be Dazed and Confused. No, it won't. No, it will not. Won't. You're right. No, it'll be something <laughs> more. Uh, might be one of those. Actually, Friday and Half-Baked are two great choices. Stone Age. Kind of it'll be the Stone Age. Oh, the Stone Age. The guy with the red hair. God damn it. That big glowing skull. Anyways, uh, what other events were we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Tommy Uh, Cruise. Tommy Cruise? Tom Tom? Is a fucking legend. Suddenly, I like Tom Cruise again. I got to say, I'm pro this rant. I don't like the comparisons. I know why people are comparing it to Christian Bale's rant because it's like an audio piece and some guy's going apeshit. But the context and what he's saying, they're two completely different messages. My my issue with the Christian Bale rant is if some actor is yelling at me on the set, I'm going to tell him to fuck off. Tom Cruise is a producer. He's in charge of this crew and the safety of, like he says, thousands of people's well-being. Christian Bale is just Bale a fucking actor. Tell him to shut up. I see what you're saying, though. But you see, I mean, he's in charge. So, you know, is it the best bedside manner? No, but who knows how many times he, is, he reminded them about that before. We don't know nothing. It's the right. fucking sun. 
It seems I, I like, like a pretty earnest like tirade. Yeah. I like to remind people also that the person that Christian Bale was yelling at wasn't some intern. It was the director of photography. It yeah. was a fucking DP man. Like, I mean, like he deserves to be yelled at for being in an actor's eye, eye line. Like he deserved it. Sorry. Okay. Uh, and, and, uh, and Tom Cruise, I mean, I, you know, like when he's like, I, I this is what I sleep with it every night thinking about how we are <laughs> single-handedly <laughs> keeping the industry alive. Like, I'm like, I don't know that you're doing all that. Like in the heat of the moment, I believe he believes that, <laughs> but, but, but he's not wrong at the same time. I mean, like he's talking about food on the table. He's talking about paying rent that month right here, right now. Like he might be a millionaire, billionaire, but he's, he's looking out. Like he's talking, he's clearly thinking about more than just the two guys he's yelling at. And when he starts talking about like, Hey, if, if I see this again, like you, you're both going to be fired. Like that's a little extreme, but like, again, like Eric said, we don't know. Like, I mean, again, these guys were, all they were doing was standing within six, uh, like they were within a couple of feet of each other. They're less than a meter uh, mm-hmm. apart. Um, but presumably I think it's safe to say people don't just explode like that out of nowhere. There's probably been some buildup where it's been like, Jerry, we've talked about this. And that's like, yeah. Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> that fucking ain't right, man. I'm, for all the people who are at work, yes, I admit I'm one of those people, and you just see people who aren't wearing masks and they're putting yourself in jeopardy, I side with this complete. I'm, I want to be Tom Cruise. I've never said that in my life. That Well, maybe I did before he, I knew he was a raging Scientologist when I was a teenager or a kid. But lately, I have not wanted to have been Tom Cruise. However, I, I support this. And the fact that he said he, he was fighting for the future of this business, I actually don't think that's a lot of hyperbole. Right? It's well, not. That's what uh, there's not a lot of uh, major high-profile films filming right now because of what's going on. They're taking right. a chance against all odds to make it happen. And he's right. He says every all eyes are on this production. Right. So. I just mean that movies aren't going to stop entirely if this doesn't do well. But no, you're right. I mean, like this is it's a there's a lot of riding on this. this is a major tent pole uh, in a time where the, where we're going to need this kind of stuff just to, for a sense of normalcy and and as he said for jobs. You know, these it's jabs. It's all about yeah. jabs. Of course, it's all about jabs. J O B. You know what? Really? Oh, Friday reference. You know what? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I don't. Yeah, that's a Friday. Yeah, I mean, I support it. I mean, yeah, he's looking out for the well being of all these people, and yet. We can't deny the fact that he is the poster child for one of the, uh, you know, most gigantic Leviathan, uh, quote unquote, religions that is just hurting so many people all over the world, in sure, my opinion. Yeah. But, okay, no, I'm, I'm with you, but that's it's still a separate issue. I mean, like, yeah. we can discuss that. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying he's no, he's definitely no saint, even though I fucking love Tom Cruise. I could murder somebody. I would still watch all his movies, but. We should probably do, like, one of his movies on this show or something, huh? You think so? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Like, if I'm you look at our backlog. In a row, like, there's nonstop. A lot of Cruise. For, like, a month straight, it seemed like. Yeah, like, like, like July, so fuck it's, all, it's, all, it's been, like, a good mm, five or six episodes, I think, since we since the interview with the vampire, I think, was the last time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like eight episodes. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, that was a good movie. I'm glad I got to watch that again. Uh, all right. So, yeah, Tom Cruise. Hey, some people, are you for it or against it? Tell us. Give us your opinion. Simonine Pod at ProtonMail.com. Or you can DM the show. Curious. Uh, we have a Facebook page, too. Uh, we try to push that a little bit more these days. The Facebook page is an interactive area where people can post things, and we can kind of, uh, you know, connect and interact with you like this when Derek Fern says, you know what? Vanilla Sky is amazing. This is a loaded comment by Derek, and we should probably just skip it and move on with the show. Just delete it. Vanilla Vanilla Sky is trash. (laughs) Derek, uh, if you feel that way, you should go back to the Vanilla Sky episode, which was a long, long 
time a long, ago. long time ago. Yeah. Right. Anyway, anyway, I can still go. remember when Luke wouldn't shut the hell up. Oh, <laughs> no, bud, no. There's By the way, I didn't, I didn't really learn what a levy was till I was like 25. It took me a long time to learn what a levy was, but I figured it out eventually. Anyways, yes. Fidelis Guy, we have all our archived episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of the podcast platform, platforms that you use. You are welcome to go back and listen to Dick Tracy. Uh, boy, we even did like Benagnolia way back in the day, right? Mar- uh, Margaret with the Wedding. Uh-huh! That's a good one. That's an interesting episode. Uh, uh, the game. On the the game? game? Yeah, we did the game. But did it hold Not up? Good. Some of these might no, surprise me. Like last week's memento, which was kind of a shocking conclusion, and Dirk Fern himself was kind of personally insulted by the fact that we all rejected the movie. We still love him, but uh, yeah, you never know what's going to happen on the show. Uh, also, John LeCare passed away. Uh, that's LeCar. not his real name, LeCar. right? LeCar. Yeah, I go- Is that pseudonym? Uh, I like go LeCar, LeCare. <laughs> I knew it wrong. Hey, LeCare. Uh, anyways, uh, I remember the first book I ever read of his was when I went to college. That was fun. And uh, it wasn't one of his movie ones. It was one of the smaller time ones that never made it into a film. Anywho, that's not his real name, but he lived to be like really, really old. And he had a lot of movies that were turned into like great stories on film and in paper. So if you ever get a chance, you never got to you know see any of his films or read any of his books. I would recommend them. Uh, do you agree with that, Travis? Or would you interested yeah. or are you mild? Uh... Oh, I, I like Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy quite a bit. Oh, that was great. Yeah, that was yeah. That was really good, actually. I like that yeah. a lot. What about you, Eric? Film. I thought he died like 50 years ago. Ouch! Painful, painful. Oh, by the way, wasn't he? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, please. No, please. What? What was he like? Like, did I read this right? Was he like uh, involved in an organization himself, or has he always just been an, an author? No, he was. Uh, he had a previous little life going on. There's a lot of mystery about what's yeah, real and what's not. Say. Yeah, it, it's complicated. But he spent the last many, many decades just writing. But he did have some little bit of background in uh, certain areas of the spy game or what you know, undercover world, if you will. But, yeah, we'll be you know. talking spies uh, this evening. But yeah, he's a heavy hit. Most Wanted Man, I think, was him, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was so good. Good call. By the way, so, we have a future our next guest coming on on January 7th. Brian Madison may be choosing a film that was written by John Lucare. Oh, wow, really? Nothing's in stone, but there is one in play. So January 7th, Brian Madison, special guest after the new year. Stay tuned. And wow. next week, uh, we'll be recording. Uh, it looks like I do have to work on Wednesday, so we can talk about this later. But I think we'll probably be recording on Christmas Eve. Uh, it's some fashion and we'll figure it out but we will be on the air we're always here to serve you 52 weeks a year we're fucking incredible i'm so excited all right any other news tidbits anything what about all hey one thing i don't want to go hours on this but one thing that you heard because that same dump the fucking disney dump came out that night after we finished the show now we, we don't have to cover it all but is there one thing travis i know you love marvel and we all love star wars and marvel here generally i don't know if Eric loved Marvel, actually, but is there something that really stood out to you with the Disney dump last Thursday? It's it's not going to happen for a couple of years, but there's going to be a Disney plus Moana movie and uh, or a show, a TV show about Moana, show. Moana, a Moana series. Like you know, it'll be like high quality stuff. Uh, hopefully, Lin Manuel gets back involved. I'm I'm really excited about that in particular. Uh, there was nothing else announced that I wasn't already aware of, or that there hadn't been like you know some serious rumors about. I don't think really, but I mean, it's all it's all good news. 
Um, you know, I, I, John Watt doing a Fantastic Four. Also, I'm excited about that. I think I mean, again, but that's like years away. Yes. I mean, there was just a ton. Um, for me, the standout was uh, Patty Jenkins helmed Rogue Squadron movie. I think oh. uh, having a Star Wars film about pilots could be a lot of fun if, if done the right way. And she's a great director. Yeah. I love Wonder Woman. So, yeah, I'm probably mostly excited about that. I'm not excited about any of the Star Wars shows. Uh, but Marvel's um, Secret Wars, if they're doing that, that's going to be fucking insane. Yeah, that, that was news to me. I'll take that back. They're, they're, that was news to me, and that is pretty exciting. Ben, I could bring ben, it back. Mendelsohn and, uh, yeah, Mendel, Mendelsohn and, uh, and Jackson teamed up for a TV show. That's going to be cool as shit. Ooh, okay, yeah. I mean, there was so much shit that happened. And for me, I didn't know this previously, but it seems like the Willow thing is actually closer to reality. So I'm excited about yeah. the Willow TV show, or is it a, another film? It's a TV Here show, and, and and I'm 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 pretty excited about it too. I think it's I think it might be better than the original. Like, given the you know, what I mean, like there's a great world that exists there. That, that the movie is yeah. good, but it could be a lot better. And I think that like um like an older, wiser Willow, uh, this could be it could be really cool. I'm excited too. Yeah, Warwick Davis is coming back. He'll be oh, in the yeah. movie. Kaya the baby. <laughs> we uh, stole the baby. Yeah. Come back as a brownie. He'll look a lot better as a CGI <laughs> brownie in 2020 or 2022. Yeah, but uh, there will be no Billy Barty unless they pull a uh, you know reenact. What about Val? <laughs> we getting Val back? We have Val on attraction to play Mad Martin? Yeah, I mean, you know that's kind of ne- sad. Never mind yeah, that he looks good. like the the you know he looks like the dude that got spilled acid on him in RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> These days, <laughs> that is, that's dark. That's that dark. Bad. I like it. I like it, but it is dark, and that's kind and of true. Opinion, so it's oh, yeah, sad. but not as necessarily. Anyways, yeah, I would love to see all that shit. Pray so yeah, Disney well. dump. There's so much cool. Th- she Hulk's gonna be. There's a lot of cool shit that I've never even seen. I would love to see in reality. So we'll talk more about that in another time if we ever do a Marvel movie. Maybe we'll dive into some of the future Marvel uh, releases or a Star Wars movie. Will we ever do a Star Wars movie on the show? I mean, like, I'm sure maybe. we probably will. I mean, there's not gonna be much question as to what kind. You know, if it's popular or not. But I mean, it, it, I think it's. You know, we obviously do some movies that are. Everyone knows they're hope they're gonna hold up. <laughs> happened, yeah. But we are talking new we could be talking new Star Wars, you know, or even Attack of the Clones or something. Oh, uh a Watiti Star Wars, isn't it gonna be a film, right? That's something yeah, I'm yeah. excited about. That's new news. Taika Watiti yeah. gonna have his own movie. Not a surprise, but exciting. Awesome. Would love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's talk quarantine viewing picks. It's that time. Oh, yeah. We are in a pandemic. Trust me. I go to work every day and we're always reminded of COVID, COVID, COVID. So you should stay indoors if you don't have to go to work or if you've lost your job. I uh, empathize with you and I really hope that uh, people are supporting you. I wish I could support you financially, but I can't support everyone. But I do. My heart is with you. Anyways, Travis, I know you've been watching some films. So what do you got? Uh, I watched a lot. I'm going to try and rattle this off. I watched uh, oh, Friday. Yeah. The, I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Uh, <laughs> still part, keeping it going. Still keeping it going. Part Five. You know, I wasn't that into that one. A little overly dramatic. Part Six. They brought in some. They went the other route and got comedic, and, and it works. Uh, wait, wait, what's Part Six t- uh, subtitle? Jason lives. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, doesn't yeah. he like die in the fifth one supposedly for real or something? He's not, yeah, he's not actually in the fifth one. He's like really dead in the fifth one. Um, he just comes back in like flashbacks and like stuff like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I watched Happiest Season, uh, the Hulu uh, film. You know, Clea Duvall wrote and directed uh, based in part on her life. 
Um, very like I, you know, I got emotional a few times. Like it started off like there's a moment where it's like, oh great, they got a lesbian literally in a closet and she's trapped. Like fuck, this is where's this? This is not great. And then I'm like, oh, this is not gonna be great. And then it kept going and like it's it turned out to be a really good movie. Um, I'd strongly recommend it. Um, good good holiday movie. Um, speaking of holiday movies, I also checked in with my yearly check-in with Love Actually to see if I could get through the 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 uh, the uh, fixing the bed scene, the whole uh, what's her name uh, Joni Mitchell? Jo- jo- Mitchell scene, and and cried harder than usual this year. So we'll check in again next year and see how that one goes. It's a good barometer um, of like where you're at emotionally. <laughs> it really is. Right? Like, are you a complete wreck? Well, yeah, okay, maybe having some stuff going on. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> such a great movie. Uh, got some, got its issues, but uh, I enjoyed. Yeah, I, I love I, Richard Curtis. I yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed this viewing very much, and uh, and actually, I have I found myself for the first time kind of defending Andrew Lincoln a little tiny bit at the end. Only only when what he does is wrong, absolutely. But like she catches him, like she figures out like all those images of him like uh, watching her like in the wedding dress and stuff. Like she like clearly she knows he's in love with her. So like he could have just been like, oh, I'm gonna be awkward as fuck around you for the rest of our lives, uh, and and he didn't do that. Instead, he came to her and told her like how he actually felt, which like he you know he in, without agenda or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then when it's over, which you know she makes a choice to kiss him, not the other way around. She chases him down and kisses him. He didn't ask for that. And then after that, he says enough, enough, a little melodramatically, but still. Um, so I felt a little better about him. Uh, I watched Twenty One Bridges. Damn, damn shame. Uh, you know, once again, about about the, the loss of Chadwick Boseman. He was really setting himself up to be quite the action star. I mean, it, it was a good movie. Uh, when um, did that come out? Ni- uh, 2019. Oh, okay. I got to see that one. Yeah, it's on Showtime right now. Definitely worth checking oh, out. Oh, hey, you know what? I think I might have access to Showtime. I think you might. Uh, and because and because of uh, you, anyways, uh, I don't know what I want to say on the air. But uh, in your guys' suggestion, I watched uh, Omit the Logic, the, um, the documentary about Richard Pryor, who inexplicably I, la- I called Leonard Pryor last week, but I guess because of Leonard Shelby, the character from Memento. Anyways, I watched. Uh, I watched. Well, anyway, I watched uh, Omit the Logic, which was so good. Lots of JoJo Dancer stuff in there, which I expected, but um, it was it was really fantastic documentary. Um, I watched a Finnish Christmas horror movie called Rare Exports uh, what? from uh, 2010. I had heard about this movie for a long time. I've been meaning to see it for a long time, so my expectations may have been up a little bit because um, it's got pretty good reviews, but I, I just... I just want to tell you, like, if you're going to watch this movie, I don't mean to give a big spoiler, but just be prepared for, like, think of an old man with the physique of Santa Claus and imagine a whole, like, hundreds, literally hundreds of him butt-ass naked. You you see a lot of old man dick. This is, a, like, a lemon party. Like on the YMCA. Movie, yeah, this movie is, uh, like, there's just a whole bunch of old man penises hanging out. So be prepared for that. But other than that, pretty decent film. Uh, and then last but not least, um, I, I'm not quite done, but I, I watched a movie called Son of a Gun uh, from 2014 last uh, last night with Brandon Thwaites and, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, he played Obi-Wan Kenobi. What's his name? I'm blanking Ewan on McGregor. Yeah, thank you. Ewan McGregor uh, playing like a hardened criminal type. And it was like this cookie cutter fucking crime movie through the whole thing. I'm like, this is trash. And then at the very end, it, it at the very end, it like pulled itself together and like actually was like, damn, like. I think I actually was like two hours long and I'm like, at the, like waiting for it to be over. Then at the very end, it kind of like came together. So I'm, I'm not recommending it, but if anybody else has watched it, I'm curious to get uh, your thoughts. 
Finally, uh, my, my two actual recommendations for this week, and then I'll be done. Uh, I watched season two of Dead to Me, finally. I have not been watching many shows, but uh, Dead to Me is just so good. I love Linda Cardellini. I love Christina Applegate. And James Marsden is just a fucking national treasure, in my opinion. Um, so this this show really is fantastic. And um, last but not least, uh, Sufjan Stevens released a new album at the end of September, and I have become completely obsessed with it. If, you're, if like me, you have checked out on Sufjan for the last 10 years or more because he was just kind of getting repetitive and not so interesting – um, this is the best stuff he's done since Age of Odds, or and maybe even better than that. It's really fantastic. Uh, the Ascension. Check that album out. Yeah, that's like all you. I tried to get into him, and it just never took for me. But that's good to know if you're a Sufjan Stevens fan. I know he has songs about, like, Illinois and Michigan and shit. That's fun. Yeah, 20, like 15 years ago. But, yeah, but, I mean, uh, you know, it's this is this is more electronic in the in the, um, in the in the in the realm of Age of Odds. Sell out. All right, cool. He's Thank he's you. done that since the beginning of his career. I know. I'm fucking around. Let's have some fun. Nope. All right. Nope. So, no I, joke. I, I, I will take no abuse against Sufjan. You also recommended that Jimmy World album from 2019, I think it was. He's or at least a song that you really like. Uh, yeah, the song Five 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 in particular. Yeah. All right. Uh, I listened to that album a couple weeks ago. Think I uh, thought of you. I was like, oh, I'm driving to work for an hour. I'll put on this album, and uh, yeah. it was all right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, the album itself is it's got some high points and some low points. Mostly I'm all about that song. Five, okay. Five, five. Eric, it looks like you're pounding on it. You look like 2004 Feast Pick. That picture I have of you, you got that bone in your mouth and your hair is all like Frankensteined out. All right. So that's what I'm thinking of as you chow down. What do you got? What is a movie that you're going to recommend that's going to blow people's socks off? It's the holiday season. There's a lot of pressure here, Eric. People are going to be home more than ever, sitting on couches, watching movies. I don't want to let them down or anything, but I watched a ton of movies. They all sucked. Um, I watched Peppermint with Jennifer Garner, who I love. I love Jennifer Garner. I watch her do the dishes. So overrated. So fucking overrated she is, by the way. Oh, no. She's beautiful. But this movie is fucking trash. Um, I watched Courage Under Fire. Oh, Meg Ryan, Denzel Washington. Meg Ryan, Denzel Washington, Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh Matt Damon, uh, it's not it's not good. It's not good. Um, what can I say? But I watched it. I watched uh, <laughs> I watched the Fisher King. So I'll save my oh. thoughts on that because it sounds like it could be coming up. Uh, I was uh, surprised about this least recent viewing. Uh, I was definitely surprised about this most recent viewing. I'll say that. So uh, I will watch it again, though, if it gets selected. I won't rely on this uh, past weekend's experience. You know, by the um, way, I'd never seen that till two years ago. It was the first time I finally watched really, it. really. I've seen it, but that was oh. the first time. Yeah, I was I was very surprised. Uh, I watched the Polar Express, and I, I I didn't like this when it came out, and then I gave it another shot like a couple of years later. But I watched it today, and, and my I showed it to my students. It's it's good. Like it's really padded. Like it, like it could be easily like a half hour long. But I was getting into it for sure. Half hour? Yeah, it, like it could easily be like a half hour long. It's like a twenty-five minute long like conversation between like the conductor and like the boy, like before he goes back into his house. It's it just takes forever. Um, uh, what else did I watch? I watched Eye of the Beholder. It's fucking so god. It's like one of the worst movies I've ever seen with you and McGregor and Ashley Judd. It makes no sense. Oh my it's so god. Bad. 
You watched that? That why? It's so old. Why would you like at this point? I I love Ashley Judd. I could watch her cook spaghetti for hours. Yeah, but this movie Uh, was fucking terrible. I'm gonna blame you. uh, I really do. I'm gonna blame you for my picks, by the way, uh, Eric, for uh, that Ashley Judd revelation because I ended up watching a movie related to that that bummed me out. But anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry, Travis. Other than that, I watched a, a ton of Unsolved Mysteries, the original series with Robert Stack. I can't turn it off. Um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> this is the only like uh, like true crime series where like the actual people play themselves in the reenactments, and you've got like you've got like a grieving father in one segment, like crying over the the death of his son while he's like being interviewed by the cops, and it's like. It's like the actual guy whose son got murdered, and I'm picturing like the director being like, "Fuck, uh, cut." Can, we didn't we didn't really get the performance we wanted uh, on this one, so I thought that was probably really awkward. But uh, it's a really fun show, and like I used to watch this when I was like nine, and it's it's it, it fucks with you because one ep- one segment is like these like long lost loves, or it's all heartwarming, and then the next segment is a horrible murder that's never solved there's no update so you don't have the satisfaction update it's just an unsolved murder and i was like nine watching this like it must have really fucked up with my my psyche but is this the new show you're talking about by the way not the old no this is the old one from like 1988 that was when the first season hit you have an answer for this derek wants to know where you can watch the originals so it's on amazon prime ah thank you yeah all the old robert stack episodes other than that i just been watching a lot of old dick cabot show episodes and god that guy fucking interviewed some Real legends, Betty Davis, Sir Lawrence Olivier, watching all those Miles Davis. Uh, Wait, did you or... rent that movie or no? No, I, I couldn't oh. do it. I couldn't okay. do it. I just wanted to watch more of the real person and not sit through some fucking biopic. But uh, that guy was insane. <laughs> biopic. Biopic. But yeah, that's it, my friends. No strong recommendations. I am really enjoying season two of The Mandalorian. I'm really, really enjoying I it. I turned it around. All right, but great. That's all said. I'm saving that for a holiday, you know, like next two weeks. I got to watch good. it all. So good. Very excited to watch it. Very excited. Stay off of all social media. I have. Really. I'm successful so far. That's why I'm, I'm yeah, continuing. You're gonna have I'm to. doing a great job. So, And by the way, Travis, in response to that, it seems like people, at least on Twitter, they're becoming more like, you know what, we're just not spoiling because we never know when people are watching things anymore. I feel like people are getting better at that, at least in my world. So. I, I have not seen that with. I mean, there's a couple of shows in particular people just don't seem to give a shit. Like Game of Thrones when it was on, like everyone's oh, just like, yeah. I'm going to go on and tell you everything that just happened. Okay. And Mandalorian, in my experience, it's, it's the same way. Like I, if I, I'm like I'm literally trying to watch it Friday or Saturday morning just because I'm a Twitter user user and like I don't want to have it ruined for me. But yeah, I keep well, I guess I got. I'm avoiding your realms. I'm lucking out. So there are scary realms on Twitter where I could be spoiled. Good I follow. Know. I follow actually more than a couple of Star Wars accounts, so that might have something. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked. All right. Well, uh, I got to tell you, man, I have just been ever since. I don't know what happened. I don't know. It was like six weeks ago. I started really just recommitting to movies, and every week I am just watching good chunks of movies whenever I have free time. And uh, this week is no exception. And I've been keeping the list just like Travis taught me. It's really helped me stay focused on the show and give you guys proper pieces of information. Though, uh, I forgot to mention that I, I don't think I mentioned this. I mentioned I watched Knives Out last week because I don't think I did. So I watched oh. Knives Out and uh, that was last week. And there was a lot of hubbub about it. I think it's like really highly rated too. Ryan Johnson film, massive cast. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, people any, love it. Did Did you guys, uh, anybody comments on this? So I, I saw it opening day. Oh. And um, it was one of those ones where I'm like, I walked out being like, make sequels. I, I could have a bunch of, Daniel Craig can just do this over and over again. He was I'd great. be very happy with that. Um, so I, w- I was really happy with it. Um, people, it was like the opposite of the Ryan Johnson movie that I had seen in theaters before that, where I walked out thinking, hey, everyone's going to love this just like me. Um, <laughs> instead, I, right, uh-huh. but instead, I was like, hey, everyone's going to love this. And then everyone really loved it kind of like more than I thought they would. And I kind of was like, OK, calm down about the sweater. You're, you're kind of overhyping it for people like calm down. It's a good movie, but I think it's getting a little overhyped. It's a great sweater. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about that. Hey, hi, Dan Plummer. I'm saying hi to Dan Plummer myself because I like to say hi. Dan is such a nice guy. Uh, Sweet gentleman. Chad Gibbons him. loves Knives Out, by the way. He loves it with a capital L-O-V-E-D. Loved it. So, I mean, it's got some really – I mean, Christopher Plummer, uh, Christopher Plummer, one of my favorite performances from him. I Still think, going. Now. Still going. Yeah. It's amazing. What is he, 88, 90 years he, old? He just, he just turned 91. And if, wow. you followed, if you followed us on Instagram, you'd actually know that. Ouch. Oh wait, I don't know. He was just you were just telling. I I follow you guys on Instagram. <laughs> I do. I think I do. I follow you. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I, You're telling still... the people that I realized. I thought you were digging. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm literally did. telling you because I just posted about it like two days ago. Oh, did you like? <laughs> well, I, I admit it. Like, a lot of people have an issue with like that, like half hour, like summation that Daniel Craig does. But like oh! that's a classic Who Done It. Every Agatha Christie that's always done in a classic mystery. So I had wait. no issue with that. All three of us have seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay, so I've had, a, I don't have a problem with that. I had a problem with that, like, period where, like, she's driving around in the car with him after the coroner's place gets set on fire. It kind of, like, drags there. It's like, wait a minute. Come on. He's not a moron. I know it's nice to see, like, a guy who doesn't know everything immediately in the moment, but, like, so the, uh... the reason for that, in my opinion, is that one of the most important characters of this movie is the house. And to get them out of the house, it kind of like the movie starts to fall apart a little bit once you start getting them out of the house. Interesting. That's a great call, Travis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe call. that's what it was. But yeah, that was like, okay. Wait. Some of it was a bit of a stretch at times. But up until a certain point, I was completely locked in. So anyways, and then I was I was still clueless until the end. I really didn't know. It was cool. But what I should have realized is that Chris Evans had played Captain America, one of the most noble, righteous dudes of all time. Wanna, I mean, like... I mean, we, we saw can, it, but we, we can at least say spoiler alert first. <laughs> Fucking spoilers. Anyways, I'll stop there. That's fine. I didn't give away anything. I see where you're going, and I like it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw The Good Liar. This was part What'd you one. Think? Ah, the Bill Condon picture. This is part one of a... <laughs> Condon Fest? A Condon Fest unplanned. <laughs> what what did you think of The Good Liar? But did you like uh, it? I, I enjoyed... I enjoyed watching it. It wasn't like, wow, finally, Mirren. <laughs> on the hill, I was could have and should have been. Yeah, it was a huge deal to have them, but it wasn't like, wow, this is going to be legendary. It was just like a, okay, this is. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't legendary. Yeah, it's, it's crap. Not my favorite. Oh, crap! By any means, it's kind of crappy. Maybe it is crappy, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of like first time cool. view. I only watched it once, but I just found it like amazingly predictable. And I'm really bad at predicting movies. I go out of my way to not predict movies. I'm just like, am I supposed? Is this supposed yeah. to be like a surprise? Because I felt like you were building up to this throughout the entire movie. Yeah, like it's called the Good Liar, and he's like right from the start. He's duality, so that's obvious. It turns out yeah. he's lying. <laughs> oh, fuck. now yeah, where it goes, maybe that was a little surprising, Whatever. but yeah, 
Uh, Bill Condon. What's, I, the other, what's the other Condon flick? I got to think about that. For a while. <laughs> Anyways, that, that was the first movie I watched of the week, The Condon Fest, that began. And then I ended up, <laughs> ended up doing a twofer on the back end of all these, which ended up completing the Condon trilogy without <laughs> even realizing it. I had no idea. It's so funny to me. I really did. I, I watched Bob Roberts and, oh, yeah, shit. What the and fuck? Kinsey back to back. And I had no idea. Kinsey's good. Kinsey's great. I've seen Kinsey before, and I wanted to re-recommend it to people. The fact that we'd never heard of Kinsey in, in the sex ed, it should have been like a universal thing in high school or middle school. Like his, his I mean, work. And I heard about it as soon as I was a freshman in college, but like I don't know about in high school. They would need to be like, well, you know, when he was watching his wife get plowed, he was really learning oh, some really not important that, stuff. Not that, well, not that part. But just the basic work they were doing about like exploring sexuality. Like they were yeah, doing the, things. Right, no, the, the the first book about women and the fest. What was it like the the female orgasm and the male orgasm, whatever they're called? I yeah, the first one's supposedly about men. Yeah, and the second okay, one's about women and the orgasm. And, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah maybe not. Like, if you can handle the male one first, but like the the, the female one, like yeah, maybe not like the marriage well. interrelation stuff. Just like the basics. He does a really good job of being honest about what people are going through. How people, I, mass, you know. I do think you're right that we should have learned more at the high school level about the female orgasm. I agree, and he. It, you, I learn more in that movie sometimes. I realize laughter the fact when I watch it again. It's like, oh, well, yeah, wow. This guy's like being honest in this film, truthfully, about you know intercourse it does nothing for women. Not to go over a sex ed course here, but like the fact that he was really the one to like really push that and try to get that out there more. The clitoris is filled with nerves, yada, yada, yada. And I think it was amazing that this film got made, first off, because Hollywood is always prude regardless what year it is. Wasn't and this it uh, is a- made for HBO? I don't think I didn't see that in the title. Uh, I thought I thought it was a made for cable movie, but maybe I'm wrong. We could double check that, but uh, you, you keep I, talking. I'll double check. You were amazing. saying the nerves in the clitoris. Continue. Oh yeah, go back oh, to the nerves. Yeah. In the clitoris. Oh, yeah. so, anyways, I'm a, so anyways, Kinsey's great though. Like Liam Neeson does a great job. Uh, John Lithgow is his father. It's a great. Where this movie comes from is so where this country came from. It does a good job of representing this Puritan 1800s era. People came out of that, like the facts that you know, things that happened to Lithgow's character are horrific. And these kind of things really happen. People were shamed into submission into becoming preachers of the anti-sexual world. It's just I thought a lot of truth in it. I really did. I thought it was it's just a good film. Things Mr. Barnes didn't teach us in ninth grade hell. Oh boy, here we go. Here come the Farner jokes and the yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and then uh, like I said, I'd never seen Bob Roberts, and that movie was fucking bizarre. It's so yeah, bizarre. Yeah. But I liked it. And it's even more prescient. It's another film that's so prescient. Everything that's happening. That's 1992. And everything they're talking about there is what's where we are now. It's fucking genius now. It just looks more impressive, in my opinion. That was my thoughts on it. Uh, I'd love to recommend Bob Roberts to the extreme. It's not what you think it is. I Better dove in. Bullworth? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Better than Bullworth. Thank you, Eric. Uh, all right. So, yeah, there you go. I watched Bad Education. Hadn't seen that. I'd like to recommend that with uh, Hugh Jackman and Ellis oh. and Jenny. Oh, yeah, and, I'm interested in that. Uh, Ray Romano. So, you know, that's uh, uh, you, yeah, no, you didn't. I remember you saw it. I just, yeah, just I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Another day in the life of human beings. <laughs> I just thought it kind of dull. It was, I don't know. I like, I like that kind of shit. It's about white collar. I don't know. You call it, I like people who are corrupt and like what well, they're trying to cover up and shit like that. So, <laughs> I, that's I like a true the, story. I liked the performance by Jackman. I liked the role choice for Jackman quite a bit. And and Janie, of course, always fucking kills it because she's one of 
other like better actors out there but yeah uh, this, that's just the story itself just didn't compel me i don't know it's a bummer i'll say that it's a bummer of a story uh, all right i finally saw the king of staten island uh never saw that one and i enjoyed it but it wasn't like as good as i was hoping for i was really expecting a lot from apatow because he knows how to he knows how to transition all types of different comedians and bring out the best in them and i didn't think the payoff wasn't that great in this film for me to be honest I just I like I people need to calm the fuck down about Pete Davidson. I understand yes. they must really like him as like as a person or as a comedian, but like as an actor, they need to they need to calm down because this is the only thing I've seen from him, and I couldn't be less impressed. I mean, he but made Bill, every, but, yeah, Bill Burr he, was amazing. Bill Burr was fantastic, but that's the thing. Everybody else in the movie just glowed in comparison. Like, <laughs> like he made everybody else look really really good, and, and yeah. like he was just. I mean, just uh, I, I just don't I just did not understand the hoopla, and I still don't. I like the intention. I like the honesty, the genuine nature of the film. But you're right in terms of his ability, it's just not there. Uh, not buying. Bill, it, so. Bill Burr made the movie. He did. His mustache is legendary, and yes, and and even Steve Buscemi. It's nice to see Steve Buscemi like a serious kind of role. It's a joking role, yeah. but it's serious. And he was Marissa great. Tomei, also, like the supporting cast, and, and the yeah. woman, that, the young woman that played uh, his girlfriend. I don't know her name, but she. Oh, I love her. Uh, oh God, I love her. I looked her Abel something. Uh, she's I don't British. Know. She's yeah, great. She's in the morning show that I told you guys about. Oh. She plays one of the characters in that where I first saw her. She's. A beautiful and very talented woman, uh, able yeah, something. She, she she pulled out a great performance in this movie, and then it's just she basically like, like you're watching like all these experts just like around this bumbling amateur. It's just <laughs> oh, the, you mentioned John Witherspoon. All right, I'll wrap this up. You mentioned John Witherspoon. I watch. I'm gonna get you, sucker. I never saw. I'm gonna get you, sucker. <laughs> and there was John Witherspoon hamming it up just like John Witherspoon does. And I'm gonna get you, sucker. I never seen it. I skipped yeah. right into like in Living Color, and then. Don't be a menace and stuff like that. But I never saw. I, I remember I'm it. Get you, sucker! It's great. It's classic. <laughs> like whatever happened like, to Keenan Ivory Wayans? I know. Uh, funny. He did scary. I think he made a lot of money. Probably just chilled out because scary movie made a shitload of money that he did in two thousand and so on. So and that franchise. I don't know if he held the rights to it or what. But anyways, uh, yeah. So that was that was fun. It was fun. And uh, I saw a movie that no one had really told me about from our generation that I thought was pretty damn good. Really good. Uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Anybody seen this one? I read the book, but I never saw the movie. Yeah, what? yeah, I saw it. I was like, okay, I gotta, I guess, gotta sit here and settle in. It's like uh, Angie's choice, and I was like, oh, all right, I'll pick next. I really liked it. It was tender. It was. It reminded me of old John Hughes movies, but contemporary in like a really good, cozy way. And not, it, it wasn't just a bunch of fucking kids bickering. It wasn't like eye rolling or anything like that. It was just sweet tender real yeah but you you know you brought it up yes i agree completely ezra miller was a revelation in that movie yeah. i was like oh this is this yeah, is why really people like didn't choke out a woman in norway because he was he was onto something hey 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 it was iceland allegedly oh iceland <laughs> allegedly allegedly uh first being a wallflower by the way travis the guy who wrote it a rare rare thing the guy who wrote the book wrote the screenplay and directed the movie yeah. oh very rare yeah, it's so but so he had complete yeah. control of this thing. It's very weird. Give so, it a shot. Get, yeah, uh, with that notion, uh, and oh. it's great. I thought it was a really great movie. Uh, I saw Palm Springs. Everybody see Palm Springs? Loved no. it. Loved it. Loved it. Great. Loved it. Great. Loved it. Great. Loved it. Elizabeth Shoe. No, 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 no. You're thinking of Palmetto. 
Paul Springs Palmetto. is newer. Paul Springs yeah. is this year. It's made for Hulu. It's a Groundhog Day premise, and it's a lot of fun, man. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's fucking great. I strongly recommend Palm Springs. If you hadn't had a chance to watch Andy Samberg, J.K. Simmons, and damn it, I don't know her name, but she's oh, the shit. main. She did great. Yeah, she's, she's so awesome. funny. She's damn everything. It. I don't know what yeah. name either. I'm sorry. I feel like a dick. But anyways, yeah, check yeah. out Palm Springs. It's it, it's so it's great. It's great. It's great. And uh, OK, that's it. So I'll stop. Oh, last one. I'm sorry. Uh, the Fifth Estate, the Julian Assange film with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, what do you Ooh. think? I love Daniel Brühl. I like anything Daniel Brühl does. That'll draw yeah. me. And Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. speaks for himself. So those are great actors. But um, yeah. I think it's a good movie in the sense that time has passed on Assange and where he's at now and everything that happened in 2016 and so on. It puts a because the movie's made in 2013. So it's like, yeah. OK, this happened with the main Chelsea Manning, Bradley Manning thing. And then that's pretty much it. So I thought it was all right. I thought it was fascinating. I did. I, I don't know if it's a great movie, but I was like really riveted by like the fast pace of it. So. I mean, I thought uh, the performances were really strong. You know who directed that, don't you, Mike? Yeah, that's see, the that's Bill the Condon. I made a mistake. The Bob Roberts was not Condon. The Bob okay. Roberts was Kinsey and the Fifth Estate were the that's <laughs> the finishing of the Condon. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought Bob uh, wasn't Bob Roberts. Uh, well, I know Tim yeah, Robbins a, is in it, but it's written and directed by Tim Robbins. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, that was my mistake. Sorry. Yes, Fifth Estate and Kinsey was the completion of the content. <laughs> and uh, when I you mentioned uh, Ewan McGregor, that's what got me to watch a movie I'd never seen, A Life Less Ordinary. I'd never seen. Oh my it. god, what'd you think of it? And I, I was like annoyed by it. I was very annoyed. <laughs> I found it to be very annoying film, and I wanted Cameron Diaz is a knockout, great. Ewan McGregor's awesome, uh, but the. Hmm. The premise and it looks like I don't know. It just annoyed me, man. Like I love Delroy I Lindo. I love Holly Hunter. But I know. I'm like, this movie sucks. Oh, I, I haven't. So it's one that I watched a ton when it came out, and I have not seen it since. Okay. Um. So like it was one that I've wondered if it holds if it holds up. I meant to watch it for a while, um. But I'm gonna have to give it a shot. I guess. No, no, no. It's not. It's not one I consider for the show next necessarily. But I mean, it's definitely one that like when it came out in like '97 or whatever. Like I, I owned a copy. Of and watch the shit out of it, but like I let I me ask you this because I got I got this weird thing with you and McGregor. Anytime he's not talking in his regular accent, I find him insufferably fucking boring. And I'm pretty sure he was like supposed to be like his regular playful, fun Scottish self in that, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He's yeah. just he's from. Did you guys ever other... see Shallow Grave? Oh no, yeah. but they took that, that's a fucking cool movie. Yeah, I saw that when it came out. That, I guess. Oh, is that a shallow yeah, grave I, reference in uh, the that film. So, yeah, that uh, introduced me to Ewan McGregor and to Christopher Eccleston back in the day. Like, uh, like I remember watching this movie. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's. Have you, you haven't seen it, right? It's basically, it's basically a play. It's a really taut story about three roommates that um, they take on a fourth roommate, and the new and the new guy dies, yeah, and, they, yeah. and they find a bunch of money in his stuff, and they're trying to figure out what to do with his body, what to do with the stuff, and they're like three best friends, and they're just like. And how that just changes people, you know, it's really good. It's um, it's Danny Boyle, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that Danny sounds Boyle. accurate. Yeah, I think it was Danny yeah. Boyle. Wait, 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 wait. wait. See this, Mike. What? It was you the first Danny, first Danny yeah, Boyle. Danny Boyle. Yeah, it was Danny Boyle and McGregor, right? He's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I read about it after I watched this movie. Uh, is this true, Travis? 
Travis gave me a copy of Shallow Grave on a mixed VHS <laughs> in 1994. Sincerely, wow. Daniel Plummer. Wow, Dan. That is that must be accurate because that explains <laughs> where that copy went. <laughs> Why did you give Dan a copy of Shallow Grave on VHS? I, I probably thought I was going to get it back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't remember honestly, but I, I think I loaned it to him, or, or I gave it to him thinking that I, you know, I'd worn it out and watched enough uh, of it that yeah. he might enjoy it. That's probably really what happened. That was nice. I'm, pay for I'm, it. Sure, yeah. I'm sure if I gave it to, if he says I gave it to him, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> that is that's gonna be tough to ever top that comment. That's, that's great. Thanks, man. Yep. Thank you. All right, oh, sorry, uh, I went a little long on my movie. Sorry, I gotta stop oh, watching some of your movies. Here we go, sneakers. It's time. Oh, great. Right. Oh, yeah. in- we're gonna do does it hold up it's our signature segment that we do every week cinema nine pod protonmail.com let us know did you watch sneakers you want to follow along let us know is there movies we need to watch also for our own quarantine viewing suggestions we would love to get your quarantine viewing picks we'll watch movies you recommend to us at least i will i'll do it i'm ready Uh, and i'm sure these guys are yeah that's about what i expect yeah you're interested but no guarantee no guarantees (laughs) but we're doing it 1992. Let's go back in time. I'm going to bounce this call through nine different relay stations throughout the world and off two satellites. It'll be the hardest trace they've ever heard. Now, this will measure stress in the voice of the person on the other end of the line. Not as accurate as a polygraph, but for today's purposes, it'll do. Unbelievable. Let's do it. Uh, National Security Agency, Director of Operations, please. What extension, please? Uh, I'm sorry, I forget the number. Uh, could I please have Director of Operations? It's very important. What extension, please? Try research. Give me research. It's an emergency. I need an extension or a name. SeaTech Astronomy. They started the trace. Where's this, please? It's my dime. I'll ask the questions. Who are you? Well, let's say my name is Mr. Abbott. True. They made the second leg. Mr. Abbott, are you interested in SeaTech astronomy? I'm interested in all kinds of astronomy. Cute. They've got the satellite in Tokyo. These guys are good. I need to know if you're someone who can make a deal. Go on. Can you deal? Yes. True. They're across transcom. You've got about 20 seconds, Bish. If I come in with what I know, can you guarantee my safety? Do you have the item? No. 15 seconds. Can you guarantee my safety? Where is the item? Can you guarantee my safety? Five seconds. Yes, I can guarantee your safety. Bish, he's lying. Hang up, they've almost got us. He's lying. Hang up, Bish. He's lying, he's lying. Hang up. Philip Alden Robinson, who he... What's the story with Fletch? Like, he's uncredited on the co-writing of, of Fletch? Uh, does anyone know the backstory on that real quick? Or 
No, no, I know he's a big ghost rider in Hollywood. I do. Oh, know. Okay. he was he was fresh off of uh, Field of Dreams, right? And directing Field yeah. of Dreams, which is a Definitely. huge success. And in normal podcast, we'll probably talk about that movie, but we're going to talk about sneakers instead. Oh fuck, Field of Dreams. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to go there. I love, yeah, I love good. baseball, but fuck That's Field good. of Dreams. You know, it does nothing for me. Manipulative trash. All right, so Philip Alderon says nineteen ninety two. Maybe masterpiece. We'll find out. It's got Bob Redford, Ben Kingsley, Jesus Christ, Dan Aykroyd, Sidney Potier, Potier. Wow, Potier, Potier, River Phoenix, Mary McConnell, James Earl By the way, so Bob Redford, I love Timothy Also in look out, Bob Redford Buzzfield, who was also in Field of Dreams. And Bob Redford was in the sting with Robert Earl Jones, James's father. I had never heard this. This was oh, news. I've that. seen the sting, but I didn't know that. This is supposed to be true. That. I didn't My know his father was an actor. That's fine. Right. Right. I don't know if he was a big deal or a, a bit part, but I don't. I digress. So let's go back in time. This movie came out when we were about 12 years old, give or take. Yeah. And this is a film that did well in, uh, in terms of box office success. You know, it was a rock solid film. But Travis, I mean, I don't think you saw this in the theater. That's my guess. Because, you know, it, you're younger. You don't get to always choose the movies you go to at the theater at 12. So I assume there's a VHS connection here. Definitely a VHS connection. I, I don't remember if I saw it in the theaters or not. I don't think so. But this is this is one of the ones I've mentioned before that my that my mom's ex-boyfriend used to record movies for us. And like, he would just drop off like in a, in a, like once a month, here's 20 VHS tapes. And, um, uh, you know, some would be big misses and some like this one, we would just be like latch onto and just watch over and over and over again. This is one that we very much did that with. So I've watched the fuck out of this movie since it came out. And then it's been a good, I, I don't want to say 10 years, but probably, you know, eight or nine, seven, eight, nine years since I've watched it. It's, I was pretty due to watch it again. He was due, folks. Eric Branstrom, I know you didn't go to the theater at 12 years old, so you definitely rented this. Uh, or maybe you caught an HBO late one night. I didn't have HBO, Michael. I know. That's I what I Every time I bring Meyer... up HBO from your childhood, I know it's not real. <laughs> it's a joke. So. No, dude. The Meyer Video Store it rented this to me nonstop, okay, in beautiful Brighton, Michigan. Every time I went there, I would rent Sneakers, Demolition Man, and Last Action Hero. I've seen sneakers so many goddamn times, your head will spin. I guarantee you I've seen it more than both of you guys combined. I don't know, I don't know about, about that, man. I don't know I've about seen that. this movie. I'm telling against. you, I've seen it hundreds of times. All right, all right. We've all, we've all seen it a lot. That's I used to watch it and then just watch it again, right at one right viewing right after another, all the time. I believe that. I mean, I don't know that I did that specifically, but I've definitely watched the shit out of this movie, and I'm glad that you did too. And Mike, apparently you did too. Yeah, I did. I never treated movies though like songs. Like I'll listen to a song maybe a couple times in a row if it's like, oh, I like this song a lot. I'd never watch I can hardly recall watching a movie consecutively. <laughs> just, maybe. just singles for me. Singles. I remember watched it four times in one day. And that was Oh fun. wow. That's my record. Uh, it was my first time I saw that movie and I just watched it over and over and over again. And uh that's my oh, record though. Well, I, I mean, Mike. Some movies you don't, you don't, I've done it with Wonder Boys many times. You just don't want the feeling to end that you're getting, especially in a movie like this. It's so fun to watch. You just want to keep the party going. I respect it, but it's like, all right, I, I, maybe I did it when I was younger. I don't know. Who's no, you, you did it when you were older because we used to watch Hurley Burley and Goodwill Hunting and stuff on repeat. Yeah. 
I put it. <laughs> I put it on every day. Yeah, for sure. But I don't we, know. We, if, we watched about repeat, man. We would just hit rewind on Deconstructed <laughs> Harry and do it one more time. When, that, when I lived with you in like 2001 or like whatever we, it was. We talked about last week the you know the human memory. There's no guarantees on that. But yeah, sure, why not? Fuck it. Sounds good to me. We definitely watched the same four movies in a row all day. Ravenous Rounders, Deconstructing Harry. Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. No argument from me on that at all. Okay. So I actually can't really honestly recall the first time I saw this. I just can't remember the exact moment. I really can't. And I want to say it was it was post high school, maybe. But maybe it wasn't. And I'm just not sure. But once I did see it, I was like, oh, I love this. I sucked it up, you know, like everybody else did. And I just couldn't get enough of it. And it's very quotable. And I have a feeling that maybe me and Gibbons used to talk about this in senior year in TV class, maybe. But. I don't know. I don't want to make up stories that aren't real. Anyways, it's a great film that I enjoyed every time I saw it and never got old to me. Uh, I looked up. Unfortunately, I saw the score. Did anyone not look up the IMDb score? on this? I, I didn't look it up. Oh, great. Well, let's give it a try, Travis. Well, you said unfortunate. Oh, unfortunately, because now you know it. OK, well, I uh, know I can't play. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to guess pretty high, but not like um, not classic high. So I'm going to say seven point eight. OK, Eric Brancher clearly in my heart well a 10 in my heart this is a 10 <laughs> but i'm gonna say that this is one of the more underappreciated films from the early 90s i'm gonna say that imdb probably has this thing at a ridiculous 6.7 6.7 okay interesting uh here's chad by the way trying to confirm that maybe we have to, we definitely did so chad i believe you you're an honest man great thank you chad all right uh it turns out gentlemen it's a 7.1 <laughs> All right. It's about harsh. A little harsh. I mean, not everyone's seen it, and I don't know that's gonna be everyone's cup of tea. So here's here's a thought I had watching the movie before I know we're gonna get into the uh reviews here in a minute. But like the the scene where um where Bish like where Marty Martin Marty Martin where Marty is like coming through the ceiling and he's got to go through Cosmo's office and like they got to turn the heat up and he's got to move really slow. It's like a taut scene. You know, it's a tense scene um, in 1992 after movies like Entrapment and Mission Impossible 1 and like where st- the stakes just get raised and raised more and more with these similar kinds of uh, things like the idea of like he's just got to walk really slow like that that might not hold up for some people i can understand that i guess is what i'm saying like i think it's great but i can understand some people being a little underwhelmed yeah uh, yeah okay all right yeah i see you that's a good point travis we gotta always have that perspective 30 years things change there's no doubt about it what do the kids uh, think of sneakers you know what what, what does generation z think of sneakers that's what i want Ooh, we'd love to hear from generation z by the way on uh rotten tomatoes you got a 79 and an 80. That's very tight. 79 critics, 80 audience score. Like a tiger. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I thought the audience would push it up more, but I guess not everybody is us. And you're right. Different generations have different thoughts. I've been looking for Destin Thompson, and you know I found him. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Don't let me down, Des. <sighs> okay. I'm ready. Call <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kenzie. I think we just had another. Uh, <laughs> Man, that movie is so... Bring me desolate! <laughs> uh, maybe we should start our own commune where we all fuck each other. What do you think? Is Destin involved? Or? Is Destin coming? I, mean, I hope so. Yeah. Right, Destin uh, says, if you think of sneakers as a slick, updated Mission Impossible, I assume that references the television show? It must. 
It's a lot of fun. Only if you think of it like that, though. That's the sentence. So, shit. <laughs> or yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he is. This was in. Uh, this review was in uh, 2000. So maybe he was referencing the first couple of Mission Possibles. I don't know. Uh, who's to say? But it's not much. It's one of Destin's more bland uh, criticisms. I don't like this guy anymore. Oh no! I didn't know that we loved him. We just kind of like talking about him. That's what I thought. Anyways, uh, Roger Ebert. Uh, Ebert. Yeah, it was a joke. Roger Ebert said, uh, it's a sometimes entertaining movie, but thin. Unlike Robert. (laughs) Splat. It's a splat, by the way. From uh, Yeah, it's a splat from uh, Roger Ebert. Peter Travers uh, says, discounting his god-awful American accent, Kingsley is in fine, venomous form. Uh huh. Did, that... did he think when he was impersonating gangsters that that was his real voice? <laughs> <laughs> that is. I'm, I'm never heard anything about me. I'm, I'm going to hunt all these men down and end their lives. Wait, can <laughs> I say that? I guess? I'm just kidding. Satire. <laughs> yeah, this is all satire for the record, by the way. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We get a couple more real quick here. Can we get a. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of positives overall. Uh, Neil Minow, who's that's N. Oh, it's Nell. Sorry. Like the movie Nell, Eric. Nell. Marvelous characters in messy script. Four out of five stars. So, yeah. All right. All right. Let's, let's talk about ourselves. Enough of these fuckers. Yeah. All right. Is let's it a get messy it. movie? I no. disagree. I don't think it's messy at all. I the think it's very, very funny. The hilarious. It, it's... It, oh. I am not going to go up. Yeah, how can it be messy if it's like well organized with how things kind of evolve? It's it's supposed to be unclear and it's supposed to be shadowy and that's not messy though. This is a clandestine world that these people live in. All right, there's one messy thing about this movie. Here we go. And that is that I was really unclear. I thought there was at least one Christmas scene in this movie. I thought the the party after they get the black box was a Christmas party. Messy, messy filmmaking. No, I'm just kidding. It's really on my fault. Uh, Apparently, that's a tribute to the uh, conversation, I think. Or, oh, okay. Or but it's not, yeah, it's, it's not a Christmas. It's not. A, it's, there's nothing Christmassy about this movie at all. I just remember, like, it starts though in December of 1969, and yes. uh, very wintry. And I think between that and the party scene, that I kind of had it in my head. I've got that. a beef with that. Let me get the beef out on that. I have a beef too, but I think that my I think our beef is the same. And but let's you go ahead. Okay. I have a beef with the fact that they're like on this computer hacking in 1969. What the ARPA. fuck? ARPANET came out in, 19, in October of 1969. So these guys, it actually makes sense. I researched it. I made sure. Now, the computers that they're using are bullshit. They're okay. utter bullshit. Yes. Those yes. computers should fill the room and then so. <laughs> yeah. right. So yeah. that's garbage. Like, like that's clearly good. garbage. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Garbage. Like, <laughs> these, these computers look like they're from 1985. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't look that old from 1992. Like, that's that's yes. trash. Yes. Um, but the ARPANET did exist, which which would have been in college universities. And, uh, you know, it would have been unlikely, again, that a student would have had access to this stuff early on. But, I mean, there is – it's more it, – because like, that was my first thought, too. I'm like, what the fuck? 1969, they're on the internet? This is ridiculous. <laughs> but, but ARPANET, which – and if you and if you watch, everything that they're talking about is all, you know – I mean – the Black Panthers are not going to be on the ARPANET, but, <laughs> um, yeah. but like, but so, so it's semi plausible, I guess. It's okay, just... it's that computer that bothered me—that's really what it is. Like, oh, okay, yeah. you're not you're on the, the internet. This computer's old. It's not that old. Fuck that. And this thing behind me, on the in the picture, 
this is a good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like it? a supercomputer, like millions of dollar supercomputer, isn't it? You're right. Yeah, that was of as of 1992, like the fastest computer in the world. That's a That's real computer awesome. back there. But. I legit it's just cute. thought that, that was a seat. I did too until I read about it. Exactly. By the way, we're, we're talking about the office, uh, Cosmos office, for those that are not watching, because you can't. Of course, yes. It's got to be. A, I mean, it's got to be a script conceit. I mean, you got to have a way to show the audience what these guys do and what their, uh, uh, you know, their their about their acumen, technical acumen for hacking, in a way that makes sense to them. I mean, you could probably go ahead and show whatever the fuck they had. But you could confuse your audience. I got a feeling they had to go out on a limb and just show something that they could yeah. recognize. And exposition-wise, yeah, but- I think it's important too because you establish two things: one, that these are guys that like uh, they know computers and, and they take risks doing them, and two, leftist as fuck. Yeah, and they were young too. They were college buddies. It doesn't mean they were going to be best friends forever. That's why when the, sh- the movie yeah. develops, it makes sense to me. But I want to ask you guys: Is Martin Bishop a dick? Is he a dick? No. What? Why? Why would you no, think overall. In, in Cosmo? I, I that always bugged me that Cosmo gets even that rattle. It's like, well, he, David Pamer kind of acts like he's mad and upset with him. What's Marty gonna do? I mean, just go in there, put his hands in the air, like attack the cops or whatever. What's he gonna do? Which, real quick, the casting of young Kingsley and young Redford is so spot on. Like, the, both those guys just really, really well casted. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, but Cosmo, if, like if you notice, Cosmo's a cheat. Cosmo changes his whole life because he cheats. When when it's when it becomes time to figure out whose turn it is to go pick up pizza, he does that whole little hand That's chip, right. trick movement, and he, right. and he cheats uh, Marty. And Marty ends up having to leave. And Marty gets lucky that the van doesn't start because if the van started, then he would have drawn attention to himself, and he probably would have been arrested too. It's a really beautiful like uh way to begin this movie because you really establish these characters and like um how uh fate has worked for them and 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 their own choices as well yeah but if what does he have a dick for all time not just then like of course he runs away i'd run away too but even after the fact when he says you always got to win martin you always have to win you have to get the girl you had to get everything is that unfair no, I think yeah, I think that's unfair. Look, there's one thing that Marty is a dick about. It has nothing to do with Cosmo. It's the fact that he just repeatedly, repeatedly draws Liz into danger over and over again throughout the course of this movie. She's like, he's like, can I call you? And she's like, just be careful. She doesn't even say yes, call me. And he's like, okay, well, how about I bring all of my friends to your house and we'll stay there for a few days. Yeah, we'll dump garbage on the floor. It'd be great. <laughs> right. And how about we'll put you into harm's way by sending you to Steve Tobolowsky of all people. Um, so, so his, like, I think he treats her really poorly throughout the course of the movie. Um, but other than, the, other than that, I don't think that Bish is a dick. No. Well, I got one for you then. Uh, Eric, I want to hear your thoughts on this too, but the fact that he lies to all his part or he prevents he keeps his secret to his own partners. They were very upset Tell about that. us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Stephen Ray meets Sidney Poitier. Come uh, on, Eric. Chime in on this. Is he oh, a dick man. overall? Are, are, are there too many secrets he's, when it comes selfish. to Marty Bishop? He's Marty Bryce. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, it gives the character layers, you know, um, and it... It makes him tragic. I mean, and I see Cosmo as being a super tragic villain, villain too, but it, it makes him more interesting. I think it was a choice to just give him another layer, you know, to have you not know your teammates. How we, you know, with Kreese, no one knows that much about him. Why did he leave the um, NSA? It, it's just yeah. more interesting. It gives you something yeah, yeah, yeah. to lure above you, to dangle above you. So I'm going to tell you him. why I had fired from the CIA. I am fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. My time. Two, two, two first class tickets. Tahiti. <laughs> there it is. All right. So there's. You, you read me. Sorry. We got to talk about the cast. Yes. Yeah, Sidney Poitier as Crease is wow. so stellar. It's prime. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like prime Sydney. I don't see how it isn't. It's still just him being him. I've been on a kick for a while where I've watched a bunch of his movies, and this is still like one of my favorite performances of him. Bar- yeah. Hands down. I'm so glad he got involved in this project. And I think a lot of it is, uh, from what I gather, too, the fact that uh, Redford came on board with this. Like, in fact, they wanted the character to be like in the early 40s, and there was yeah. talk about Kevin Costner being involved. Like, this would have been, oh my God, Kevin Costner played this role that Bob Redford plays would have been a real bummer. I just don't see it being the same movie at all. And Redford led the, the, the weight that he has, which he does have. Nobody can deny that. So that's why you get this amazing cast of everybody, River Phoenix, Dan Aykroyd, even David Strathern holds his own. He, I love David Strathern. I don't think he's any less of an actor than any of those people, but he's not the name necessarily. So It it all starts with with Bob Redford, who I've accused of in the past as being a boring dude, but I'm taking it all back, especially on this last viewing. I mean, this is just a... Easy, breezy, like blue collar guy wearing jeans. That's like fucking like Danny Ocean or Jason Bourne without all the bullshit. He's just a a likable guy. In fact, you give a fuck about whether or not he could go to prison. I can't say that at all about fucking Jason Bourne or Danny Ocean. They could kill them and I wouldn't even give a shit. But I care about Marty. Uh, And it's thanks to Robert Redford just playing it easy, breezy in his beautiful blue jeans. And he and he has like... um he's he's so responsive to everything you know um like when there when things get intense you know like he he looks concerned you know but it's those little moments that he um that he gives like when wallace says you could give your share to the poor and he looks at wallace for like a minute pass you know just like just that delivery or like one of my favorite parts of the movie is when he and liz are like reunited in cosmo's office when they're both captured and it's like how you doing he's like well you know like just like it's so lit there's not a lot happening but he just does like he doesn't he doesn't oversell a single thing it's all so natural and likable funny and believable yeah yeah i agree with all that that's bob in in city point yeah i mean the the crease character yeah the script gives him a lot to do but Sidney Poitier does so much in this movie. He's he's regal as fuck. He he does action and he's great at it, even in his 60s. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious. When he locks Liz in the when he's like, Liz, you can't leave. That's awesome. Like, and when he gets mad uh, at uh Draven Strathern and Mother for fucking around with the thing, like he fucking explodes. You can see like his history as an agent and, and everything he knows coming out. It was quit fucking around. The whole table. I know you guys. I love that shit. I know you guys. Both you guys want to play Scrabble with all four of them. I know you guys like. Yeah, I wish I could be there playing Scrabble with them. It's cool though, because like, because Marty Bishop is clearly like the leader, but um, like things would fall apart without Crease, and you and you get that feeling. Like he's 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 not. He may not be the official leader, but he's like the dad of the group. Yeah. Because really, like ultimately, uh, I don't see um, Bishop making a move that Crease doesn't approve of. Right. Uh, can we talk about the Bozo score? Can we talk about the 90s? Wood I Bozo love score? this so score so much. Good. When Timothy Busfield says to him, Mr. Bryce, and that score oh, kicks so in. Awesome. Oh, my yeah. God. Yep. But it's still the 90s Bozo show. woodwind. How is it different than comedies of the 90s with the Bozo woodwinds? This is... I, I would say it, it's a predecessor to um, I, I on, watching this movie for this time. I'm thought to myself, I wonder, I can't think of his name right now, um, but I wonder if the composer of usual suspects was drawing inspiration from this movie. Maybe, which, yeah, again, maybe John 90s, 
but there might be some woodwinds going on here, but it is a beautiful, intense, more percussive than anything else score. Yeah. It's, okay, it's very yeah, notable. Like this. It's very I, notable, no doubt. These about ominous, big orchestral, like waves of music, along with uh, was it Winton Marcellus or Bramper Marcellus on the alto sax or whatever it is? I don't know who was probably Bramper. But no, it, um, this is like top ten for me scores for so many reasons. But mostly, it sets such a tone for the movie. It lets you know right off the bat. Kick back, grab the popcorn. This is going to be fun, exciting, alluring, a good mystery, a comedy, an action. So many things. With Except for the score. It's, but it's not always playful, though, right? Like, because usually yeah. it is. Do, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. The bozo part. But when it gets intense, like, like all of a sudden, like, just like the yeah. earth shatters. And when they knock Marty out and it fades to black and they go to Sea Tech Astronomy. It just turns into like this weird growling beast underwater of a score. It's like that's why you have to drive. You have to be uh, separating the two. I think that's important. Note, Travis, you're right. The Woodwood thing, yeah, but the the serious, intense, heavy score. The section that James Horner has in this movie is, I like that a lot. I do. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this makes and it plays things up a lot more. And what are you still doing up? You know, it's (laughs) awesome. I love that shit. By the way, how satisfying is it when Bishop finally gets the pistol whip, pistol yeah, like, wallet? That's back. more what you're talking about. That Redford, like, ah, he's like, doesn't know what to do for a second. And then he's like, ah, Unders- I love right. undersold. Could be like a huge kind of like uh, indie shooting the guy, yeah. you know, the kind of moment. But instead, it's just mm-hmm. like, fuck it, I'm just getting this over with. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I love. Yeah, this is the Cinema Nine podcast. We're talking about sneakers from yeah, 1992. <laughs> Alden Robinson and Bob Redford, James Earl Jones is in this, and he's like just a bit part. It's amazing. This movie is jammed back with people. Yeah, man. And there's so much going on. The the direction's stellar. The writing's great. The acting's outstanding. The music is awesome. Is there anything about this movie that's weak? Come on, let's hear it. What's weak about this film? <laughs> we covered some of the parts of the plot that are like, eh. But like, is there anything that's weak about this film? Is it the guy who plays Greg? We haven't even talked about Donald Logue, <laughs> fucking Logue in the white turtleneck. That's fantastic. Oh okay. hang, hang on, one oh, quick, Greg, or I, you won't know who to trust. Yeah, I love that's that guy. Great. But a um, close shot. That's a great awesome. shot. It's uh, yeah, it's so like, he's like, leaning, over he's that guy's getting out of the car and yeah, zoom. Yeah, it's a great shot. Scene. It really is. The whole segment is mm-hmm. just fantastic, and and the way that Gregor is a character, like he adds so much depth to the characters, uh, the other characters, immediately by talking, like, it's so happy to see you both together again, and, like, all this stuff. You get a real sense of the history between Liz and and Marty, and also of Marty's, like, work um, doing whatever the fuck it is that he does. Um, But um, going back to, uh, wait, 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 before Gregor, we were talking about, I don't know, Eric, you look pro Oh, yeah, yeah, Donald Logue. Um, Logue! Like... (laughs) Uh, one of the most like uh, like bozo like hilarious roles, <laughs> not necessarily trying to be, but also he's perfect. I mean, he's just perfect. Oh, I believe, like, I remember like learning that Donald Logue was like an American and being like, "Wait, what?" Like, he just seems like such a like uh, like he seems. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't even have an accent in this movie, but he just seems like such like a Scandinavian like weirdo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all the shit, all the shit he has in his pre- presentation is real. If yeah. you actually look back and want to pause the film when Logue's doing his presentation, this is real stuff that is based in the RSA encryption, which is like one of the most common encryptions today. So that's cool that they like they had real people behind the scenes, you know, 
people hire consultants for films all the time who are, hey, I was in the military. I'll show you how to kick, you know, and hold guns. These people went out of their way to have coders, uh, mathematicians, crypto math experts come in and like give some more legitimacy besides the stupid ass computer at the beginning of the film. Everything else is <laughs> really like on point. And I guess even today, some of it's still relevant. So be a beacon. <laughs> there's no dead air it, you move from one uh, almost insurmountable obstacle to the next and for me there's there's nothing tired i love every single scene of this movie i'll say it right now uh and and again i'll, I'll say it again because you care about the characters they're not superheroes they're not soldiers they're not action heroes they're just salt of the earth people there's like it, like they're like they're messy, like they're they're folksy. They're not like these um, buttoned up, clean, sleek suited people, mannequins. They're they're people, and they're just yeah. doing their fucking job, and they're scared. Would Werner Brandis really have that clean of garbage, though? <laughs> I mean, right. I, I know he's a neat guy, but no one's garbage yeah. is that clean. Come yeah, on. you might see that pizza box is folded like twenty times. No, you could do that. That's I mean, there's gonna be like a sauce that just gets in there. It's fucking garbage <laughs> in. You throw shit in there, and there's no recycling back then either. So don't give me any bullshit here. Come on. You know, we gotta talk about River Phoenix because yeah. another thing I love about the movie with with Carl is Carl. The team doesn't have to be like, oh, we're send the kid or like, what you don't know shit, kid. Like you're MTV. There's none of that. They respect him. They treat him like a member of the team. He does his job. And yeah, when he gets just the bucks for the blueprints, he's like, yeah, be good, Carl. Pretty got from, good. Got from mother's wallet. Uh, right. And, and Daniel Aykroyd. Dan to his friend. Who is this? Dan Aykroyd. You've heard of him? How many uh, Canadian... uh, He wears River Phoenix's band's t-shirt, and then he wears a tragically hip t-shirt in this film. Yep. He does. Uh, That's funny. Plus, he Um, plays himself, because I think Dan Aykroyd literally believes that like Jimmy Carter is an alien from space or something. That's weird that you say that, because that's like the shit took off, right? Yeah. Did it not? Yeah, absolutely. He's a huge conspiracy theorist. Have you ever seen his interviews with like Larry King and Joe Rogan and stuff? He fucking believes that the earth is made out of like green jello. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's he he's the Rogan thing is like the most blatantly awful thing where it's like, is this really for real? Is he selling liquor and like just trying to be an asshole about things? I have no idea. But yeah, <laughs> I, I would buy it. I would buy it completely. But I got I love Dan Aykroyd so much. And I love him as mother. When he's dancing with Liz, you can tell you know he's a fucking great dancer because he's yeah, he's blues, brother. He's just he brings so much just sweetness and humanity to Mother. It's hilarious and fun. Yeah, but what about River Phoenix, though? You didn't finish your point on that. Oh, I, I love him in it. He took, you know, did you read that he took the role to, like, because he just got off my own private Idaho, which was just, uh, it, it absorbed his soul, the research he did and the work he put into that. And he just wanted, like, a paycheck movie. But then he does this, and it's one of my favorite roles of his because he's just a sweet kid who just wants love, and he does his yeah. job good, and the team respects him. Yeah, you know, he, he was really good at ensemble pieces. Like, um, yeah. he did this. He did um, I Love You to Death with Tracy Ullman and uh, Kevin Klein and, uh, and Stand By Me. Right, yeah. He he, he definitely uh, had a, a an affinity for doing these kinds of, of pieces. He could yeah, do he... anything. Watch The Mosquito Coast. It's fucking insanely good. But, you know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't watch this movie and see him in it and get sad. I enjoy it. Yeah, me neither. I'm like, you know what? This is great. River Phoenix playing along, doing his thing. He looks relaxed. He doesn't look like he's a mess. He, I don't know. Not that you would know that anyways. That's a ridiculous statement. But the fact that he's just, he plays his role quite well. And the fact that he's represented as an equal. Everyone's equal in this. Even yeah. if 
even if certain times it's like a marriage or a relationship where like sometimes you're pulling your weight more than others people are like you said crease it would fall apart without crease i agree but this would also fall apart without whistler whistler's part is fantastic because he's got this skill he's like a mutant almost it's awesome i love that about it don't look you know, I, i'm a <laughs> I'm a little sometimes I'm like ah, I don't know like you know this is not the greatest representation of a blind person probably because they yeah. do they do kind of present him yeah. as as a as a mutant and like that's yeah. not great but that scene where they figure out um how you know how to get to C-Tech astronomy by 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 listening um uh, you know to the <laughs> um the 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 whatever it was that Bishop um, had when he was, you know, driving. Um, that's, that's to me is one of the most classic scenes in this movie. Um, what did it sound like? What did it sound it, like? And it really does a great job of demonstrating like their specific expertise and the way that they work together as a crew. I buy it. I totally buy it. In yeah. this latest viewing again, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I was the one I was going to question the most going into this viewing. I'm like, okay, I want to wait till we get to that part. Am I going to, I'm going to really critically break down this fucking segment. He, and he had like access to like like highway sounds at the touch of a button. What was going on there? I mean, well, well, look, there's one thing that I don't know if it's true. Who the fuck knows with all these thoughts and comments from IMDb? But supposedly, Whistler was based on this guy. This pe yeah, people knew, right. and he was a very famous like flying guy. Who was, yeah. yeah, they did. He was one of the. Um, I didn't even know. This is a whole thing. It's called phone freaking too. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. that's how they call him the freak. This was something that with digital telephones changed everything, but that was the sound and be able to hear things I, mean, I don't know if he was this elite maybe it was probably exaggerated but there was probably some truth to this and i've never been blind so what the fuck do i know <laughs> i agree like when he's dancing it's like come on i'm sure he can fucking dance you don't have to make him be like <laughs> i think he was joking i think he was deliberately he like was doing like a bad ray charles impression what the fuck was going on there yeah, well, you're right. to dance with everybody too i hate that i actually don't like that scene i don't like like turn to dance with liz i like that scene because i like river phoenix's dance during that scene so i'm okay with That's that cool. i, I but, love um, it so much because it shows them having fun right before it gets like downright scary the situation they're in and it, it yeah. gives it a more uh, pronouncement i've got a question for you guys so do you think that mother's buddy from the other side of the Gulf War had an actual specific thing to tell you how to get into pass a digital lock and then Marty listened to that and then just kicked the door down anyways? Or do you think it took him forever to tell him to how to kick the door down? He said, wait, oh, wait, wait a minute. Okay. There you go, dude. There Which one go. is it? There you go. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought about that. Now. I forgot about it. Yeah, I've spent many long nights pondering that very question to myself when I had better things to do. Um, I think he was probably trying to explain to him what type of door it probably is and where he should kick exactly, and explaining that you know what mechanism would snap if he hit it in a certain point. It's the best thing <laughs> I got. It's trash. Right. Fucking trash. That is trash. This it's a funny thing, but yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But it's a uh -huh. funny thing. I laughed out loud. It's Kick the door thing. down. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. But, but, uh huh. Wait, uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Kick the it's door funny. down. Uh huh. Uh huh. By the way, a whistler arguably might be my favorite character. Oh. You know, start looking at who's your favorite. Uh, you know, we said who's indispensable. I completely agree. Priest, indispensable. Mm. And a lot of these guys are indispensable, but favorite, the one I like, uh, he's an honest, earnest, good dude. It's not just because he's blind, I feel bad for him or some shit. I well, like the thing. I know. I mean, that's a mic. It was. I love David Strathern. That's always going to be an issue for me. I admit it freely. And 
Two straight hand movies in a row for me, by the way. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> Which we included in the home for the holidays where he's a uh, not a lovable yeah, loser. He's yeah, just a loser. Make fun of a guy whose family died. You gotta see this. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. I actually watched Meridian. it and laughed more there. Too. It's funny. Yeah, Meridian. Yeah. Funny. Uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah. Whistler. I think Whistler's my guy. I leave message here on service, but you do not call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Over and over and over again. I don't know who my favorite. Oh, oh no, give him guy. head. Give him head is great. Yeah, yeah, big, various. yeah the whole, whole sequence. Um, my favorite. I honestly, the, ah, Bishop is probably my favorite if I have to get down to it. Yeah. Wow. I love I love them all, but I, I you know, yeah, I love them all. I separate them. In my heart, they are just one team. It's the best team movie oh. I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, it's all one team. There's, there's I wonder if Eric thinks this holds up. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, I think we <laughs> We got to give a couple more minutes to Ben Kingsley, though. We didn't talk about him enough. Yeah, yeah. And he's, um, he's a great villain. This is not a great villain just because he's good and it's Ben Kingsley, in my opinion. It's because of his motives, uh, his desire. Demeanor. Uh, let's have a good heart. Yeah, the whole story, yeah. the background. You feel bad for him. There is empathy. You in do. And his plan is a good plan. He wants to like get rid of debt, and he wants to yeah. get rid of like uh, he can, like about prescience. Right, like it's all extremely leftist kind of stuff. Like, like he's like now, like as as Marty points out, like, hey, you're working with terrible people that hurt people. He's like, oh, it's just my day job. He's like, well, okay, that doesn't absolve you of anything. But, but Cosmo's plan is still to like improve people's lives on the main, and um, and I love. Love, even though it makes no sense at the end of the movie, like why don't you just follow him down the ladder once you open it up and see that yeah, and see that yeah. the thing is outside? But the fact that the, the climax of the movie, it's not a giant explosion no. and Robert Redford like throwing himself off a building, you know, it's literally like the Kingsley making of Cosmo because, like, I think of him as Cosmo making the choice not to shoot his friend and looking at the gun in amazement as he allows him to walk away. It's a powerful moment. It's I think so. I think it's really great. Is. You you can tell that he he wants Marty's friendship and probably even needs it. You know how isolated he is. At right. He even Star orders at a gunpoint. He orders the gunpoint. Oh, he literally does. Please. It, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, it, it took me hey. uh, having to watch it when I was like forty to really sit there and I paused it and I sat there and I thought, what were those years in prison like for for Cosmo and like how much did it change him? And like, how much did it turn him into this docile, like tragic man that I see standing there begging someone to be his friend by gunpoint? I mean, they say that he was taken in by, yeah, they say that he was taken in by the mafia, (laughs) and I think that always kind of went over my head when I was a kid. And it's not really meant. I mean, his his or his tactics, mafioso like or. How much do you think that is an appendage of him? I don't I don't think it is. I, I just think he ends up working for these people so he can like get some legitimacy to meet other heavies and shit. And then he gets a reputation based off of them. I think that if I went into an office and was going to bug that office and there was a little room that was like a we don't bug people in this room room, I would go bug that room. Just, just for the record, his like soundproof room makes zero sense to me. I'm like, what? Or like, whatever it is. I'm like, he's like, you know, he like points to like apparently the mafia is listening, and he's like, and then he go, they go to like the. Also, is sharper image his decorator? I don't really understand. But uh, <laughs> Robocop directed that. Twenty-two, man, it's fucking great, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> peak nine, peak ninety-two. I'm like the triangle desk. Yep. Yes. I mean everything that the fucking. 
fish so 90s it's beautiful and by the way wallace is a great bad guy he's a great thug his face is born for thuggery he's such a thug and i don't like him but i admire his acting ability and his ability to just have a face that bothers you it's perfect are you scared of timothy but Buckfield, that no, that's a joke <laughs> that's that's just i mean like he's actually kind of good casting because of yeah, like um part. in the early part because like yeah, Never shit. mind the fact that Marty doesn't seem to know who the NSA is and what they do. That, that part's <laughs> more um, never mind that. Th their story is actually pretty convincing. Like, yeah. um, like, and 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 Busfield comes across like a like a true Affable. company man, yeah. like a government guy, right? Like, um, um, yeah. The, the the story that they get to, that they get Bishop on in the beginning seems like you know the, about the black box is pretty convincing. Yes. Yeah. That's why Busfield, he's the face initially. But after when he puts him in a headlock and I'm not buying that part because he was in 30 something. That ends it. So, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We, we didn't mention River Phoenix in blackface, guys. That was that's an awkward moment right early in the movie. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe it's I, not I, true. I it's not true blackface. But like, but there's definitely like an exchange between Crease and him. That's like of looks that's awkward. But by the funny. way, I like the fact that. Because some people might try to say, like, oh, why do they just throw that midnight comment, which is totally inappropriate, just to piss him off? But it's, it shows that, like, hints of racism exist in 1992, which is good. I just think... Good thing they don't they, anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all over now. You're right. Yeah, thank God. But thing is right. That was great. I, I just thought it was, like, it was subtle. It wasn't, like, trying to make, like, a speech or anything. It's just, like, part of life. It would yeah, happen. I mean... I got like a uh, they call me Mr. Tibbs kind of moment. I think they yeah, might have done yeah. it just to get like piss Sydney look at a thumb white guy. But I don't care because who the fuck doesn't love call me Mr. Tibbs? That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I'm watching a repeat on YouTube forever. The only thing I didn't like about that scene is is that like nowadays the guy that calls him midnight would get much more of a comeuppance. It'd be more than a punch in the face. Yes. Although, oh yeah. Uh, okay. So what about? Whistler driving is that the most absurd thing in this movie? Or oh, no? it's so funny! It's fun, <laughs> right? It's hilarious. I want to go about five seconds and then stop. I'm just gonna yeah. stop. Here. Yeah, it's perfect. And like he's got a good view to kind of direct him in. It's not too far. I thought it and, was doable. And it's also not necessary. Like really, all he, like he provides like a good distraction so that um, so that Kreese can attack the guys. Right. Uh, but like ultimately, like the we don't see it, but we know that that mother and Crease are just booking it behind right. them, trying to catch up because they're so like right right alongside of him. Basically, exactly. yeah. Ten <laughs> seconds later, all right, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, okay, wasn't that far away. Did uh, you guys read the part about where uh, Phil Alden Robinson turned in the script to Touchstone? I think it was, and they were like, "Well, this is like a G-rated movie." Like before they punched yeah, it yeah. up with violence and in uh, dialogue. It was literally like a kid's movie. Shit, <laughs> shit, 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 shit. Yeah, you got to throw some shits in there. Absolutely. Is that the RoboCop That's arcade game? That shit, was. The, shit, <laughs> I'm so shit. glad that was real. That was one of my highlights of this entire podcast. By the way. I saw uh, that. Let's, okay. God, we're, this is already hour and a half. So what? This is a great movie. I think it's generally conceived awesome. to be true by all of us. But I want to talk about the final part before we make our conclusions. You know, when they do the gifts, they get the brass ring. Everybody gets the chance. Moment. Yes. What do you want, Mr. Bishop? Clear up my record. Get out of my life. I don't have much choice, do I? Not unless you want to read about it in Newsweek. Deal. The box. Not so fast. I want a Winnebago. What? Fully equipped. 
Big kitchen, waterbed, AM FM CD, microwave. This is not a car dealership, pal. He wants a Winnebago. All right, a Winnebago. Thank you. Burgundy interior. Now the box. <coughs> uh, I have never taken my wife to Europe. I'm sorry to hear it. Give me the box. You will buy me two round-trip first-class tickets to Athens, Lisbon, Madrid, and Scotland. Don't, don't forget Tahiti. And Tahiti. Tahiti is not in Europe. Excuse me. When you get the box, then you give us geography lessons. Until then, this man goes to Tahiti. Fine. Tahiti. Carl? The young lady with the Uzi. She single. All right. Yeah, Carl. Excuse us. Yeah. This is the brass ring. Now you gotta think bigger thoughts. I just want a telephone number. How about a lunch? You can chaperone. No, I will not do this. Hey, Abby. Abby, come on. Now, the FBI would give him twins. No! Wait a second. You can have anything you want, and you're asking for my phone number. Yes. 273-9164. Area code 415. I'm Carl. I'm Mary. I'm going to be sick. Are we done here? No, not yet. Whistler. I want peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Oh, this is ridiculous. Are you serious? I want peace on earth and goodwill toward men. We are the United States government. We don't do that sort of thing. Just gonna have to try. All right. I'll see what I can do. Thank you very much. That's all I ask. How about you? What do you want? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, any beefs with this? Uh, any beef with any particular? I mean, the the. I found the woman phone number thing to be really cheesy. It could be like so heartfelt that a 19-year-old would be so clueless because he doesn't understand life to want to do that. And it's very sweet. But it's a little absurd for me. A uh, Whistler's peace on earth, a goodwill towards men. That's mm. dumb. I don't like that part. I like that. I like that the woman uh, trains her Uzi on him as she gives him her number because obviously she's a, she's a well trained marksman, uh, markswoman, as as Mary McConnell would say. She should uh, be. Yeah. I, yeah, Liz actually has my favorite moment in that whole sequence because it gets to be her turn and she's like, "I'm good." <laughs> i'm fine i'm good like i'm happy to be here happy to be alive still even though you know marty's really tried to get me killed throughout this whole movie um yeah. i think she's I got my favorite my favorite moment it's fun I, I, I i've been harsh to mary mcdonald in this show and we maybe haven't given enough credit but i just don't like her as an actress personally so that's my she, fault I she looks great with short hair in this movie i'll give her that she looks she, she really wears that short hair well yeah she's tolerable only in this movie but overall, I love that last scene. It's, it's, it's yet another reminder that it's the end of, of a spy thriller. And yet it's not about like the stakes or an explosion or just like what you were saying, Travis. It's about the characters and a chance to just 
reconnect one last time with each character individually, just like the Wizard of Oz passing out gifts to uh, the characters in that movie. It's just fun and sweet and remind you, grab the popcorn. Don't tip it over, but uh, just enjoy yourself. <laughs> um, okay, I can see that. Oh, oh well, I, I was going to say, hi, my name is Werner Brandis. My voice is my passport. Verify. Me? Me. Because we haven't, we haven't talked Tobolowski, and we haven't, that, we haven't said that most important quote from the whole movie. Tobolowski uh, in this movie is just so fun to me. I mean, he's barely in the movie, but he's so memorable. Like he, he's yet to like really like this is to me. This is the first movie I've ever seen him in. Being like, in like subsequent movies, I'd be like, hey, it's that guy. It's that guy. It's that it's that bald guy with the glasses again. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he's Ned Ryerson. He's, yeah, Ned Ryerson. He's he's uh, so much Same fun. Um, just Same wanted to throw a quick shout out. To Stevie Tubbs. I always thought it was a little weird. Like I, I, I would have thought "verify" would have been the harder word to get him to say. Oh yeah, fucking uh, always been a, exactly in my since I was twelve. I'm like, wouldn't "verify" be harder than twelve year old? I gotta be. I gotta be for the the passport should have been a dead giveaway to him. He's not a moron. He's very yeah. intelligent, and he yeah, said that. "passport." That's actually the weakest link in this whole final like showdown plan because he says "passport" to get into his work. So it would have like. It would have stood out, in my opinion, because he's got a 180 IQ according to his license plate. You know? Yeah, well, you know, IQ tests are bullshit. One and I two. Movie. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying it's. Bullshit. Well, I, I don't so. think that you don't love the movie anymore. I'm just, hey, but also, like, verify me. Do you think that Werner Brandis gets a lot of dates? Is he? No, is he? Dude. Is he thinking real hard about you know his job at that moment? I don't think so. He, he, he's yeah, thinking yeah, about his and cheese boxes. Uh, he's computer the hut. Yeah, that's who he is. That's what he, I mean, this guy is only going to get computer set up you and her. No. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I, do like that. I do like that. I do like Kingsley's like, what the fuck is that? No way. No, this will never plan. fly. He's a fucking how scumbag. That, so. How that indicates uh, that, like, Marty. Marty! <laughs> Marty. Marty. This asshole with her, Marty. <laughs> okay, uh, guys, I think. Uh, yeah, we're getting no, there. This is Sneakers. It's a wonderful it's film. Clear. And I don't know if we'll get any objection. Who wants to go first this week? Eric, you want to go first? I love this movie. You've got yeah. a colorful cast. A great, great direction by this guy who, you know, only gave us, what, Field of Dreams, Some of All Fears, this, and some episodes of, like, television. Um, I love the direction of this movie. I love the tone. I love all the characters. The script is fucking fantastic. And it's fun to watch i mean i can't say that a lot about about a lot of movies a lot of movies that i love i like because i admire them and how they made them and they make me think this is just so much fun to watch over and over again it's before mission impossible before jason Bourne, before oceans they were doing this in 1992 and they did it perfectly in my opinion hasn't been duplicated men on a mission team my favorite one of all time yeah, uh, I completely agree. This movie's great. It's a lot of fun. It's awesome. It's always been fun. It doesn't get old. It's still just kind of, it's going to be timeless, I think, because hacking and like spy, espionage, undercover fantasy stuff like that, where shit's going down and people got to figure it out. And the characters make themselves so likable that you want to just never leave them. So maybe you would watch this back to back on repeat. I guess it is possible. I could see that for the first time, maybe. But it's a fun movie. It's smart. It's well casted. Everything Smarty. about it. There's a Marty. You know, there's a couple uh a couple of holes in the plot, but who gives a fuck? I mean, in 2020, I sat down, I turned this movie on, and I watched it a couple times a year, anyways. And I was like, you know what? I'm still having a good time. I'll have a good time when I'm 60 watching this film. So neither one of you guys said the magic words. 
It definitely holds up. There's no doubt about it. He has to hear him. It absolutely holds up. That's how the show that. works, man. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. All right, it's good so to have a stickler. Both, Thank you, Stickler. Well, then you guys you might be a little surprised. <laughs> it's <not> trash. <laughs> <laughs> you um, did. Yeah, right. Nice try. The, um, <laughs> the fact that like, in 1992 um, that Cosmo is talking about the coming information war yes. is so cool. Yeah. Um, that's that's really, really awesome. Who controls um, the information uh, controls the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I really, really like that. Um, and you know, I, I the this movie ends with the most leftist shit ever. It ends with like all of the Republican uh, National Committee's money being sunk into charity. That's how they choose to end this movie. Just like, <laughs> by the way, Democrats as fuck. Like, <laughs> like yep. bold. That's bold. Um, and I love it in part for that. And I love it for all the reasons that we're discussing. Like this to movie, this movie for me absolutely holds up as I knew that it would. There was a couple moments where, you know, it kind of dips from like, uh, it's kind of starts to, you know, it, there are a couple moments that, that aren't, that don't hold up as well to me as they maybe once did. Um, but over, overall, this movie is a must see. If you've never seen it, um, you're probably not listening to this right now, but if you've never seen it, you should. It's a delightful, fun romp that um, is just a lot of really great actors in their prime having a clearly good time making this movie, and it's well worth watching. Well said, Travis Roy. He closes it out well, and, you know, everything about it's a lot of fun. So settle in, enjoy yourself. Never forget that Sneakers brings you joy, especially during the holiday season. Even if it's not a holiday season film, who cares? It holds up. Another one of the books. Episode 37 passes with flying colors. Travis, you've done it. Do you feel good that your choice passed with flying colors? I, You know, there was a, a dim part of me that wondered, will this hold up? But I kind of, you know, this is definitely one where I suspected that it probably would. But since we've talked about it so much on the show about, about doing it, it was nice to finally get it under the old belt. Was it a dim sum part of you? <laughs> Whoa. No. I don't get what it. What the fuck are you talking oh. about? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> i apologize the okay, final broadcast so this is cinema night podcast you're listening to what? our excellent outstanding podcast and those of you that watch <laughs> us on the live stream we always welcome having you on our podcast it's a lovely pleasure to get your comments we and, are great uh, I mean, we are awesome and we enjoy you love us and we love yeah, us. i love these people. i mean the fact Verify that dan Plummer had a mixed copy of shallow mixed grave shallow grave this is what never gonna, never gonna forget that mixed so. copy it's a, it was a mix. Like blank, blank tape. Blank it, it, Kodak yeah, tape. Uh, yeah I, I remember. I, it was a blank. It was a VHS tape <laughs> I had drawn in whiteout, shallow grave. There you go. There used to be VHS mixtapes. Yeah. Give that back. Give your address to Dan after the show. Get that back. <laughs> yes, we'd love to see that in real life. All right. So uh, check us out. Protonmail.com. Let us know. Sneakers a great film. Are we? All of us are too in love with this film are we idiots uh please follow the show give us five star rating on apple podcast that'd be a lovely chris uh hanukkah gift christmas present uh yeah, anything totally. you celebrate give us five stars uh you know it just feels good this time of year to feel good having said that other times of year it doesn't feel so good to feel no no, no no it never feels good in march in march travis you picked sneakers now eric Branstrom is going to give us the christmas eve addition i assume you're gonna bum us out with some holiday bullshit but let's let's see what you say uh 
It is the holiday season, and uh, I want to wish everyone currently happy Hanukkah, happy uh, Diwali for my Indian friends. And uh, next week will be uh, Christmas holiday. So I, I, I'm going for a Christmas movie, okay? Um, it's one that I have been, uh, it's been on my mind for a long time. I nearly rented it a few weeks ago, but I said, you know what? This could be something to check out for the show. It's been many, many years since I've seen it. I'm worried you guys watch it like so much that it's not even funny. But Mike, you watch like all of our shows like the week before. And you're like, it's oh, the ref. Here. Let's watch it again. If it's the ref, I watch it every year, but go ahead. It's not the ref. We're going back to, um, 1988. We're going to take a look at Scrooge. All right. I haven't seen this in forever. I never have really cared for this movie personally. Oh my I'm God. saying that right yeah. now. I've this never is, really cared for it. I will say right now, this is, my fa- this is my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm hoping you guys are, are on board because I haven't seen it in a long time. And I remember not being blown away, but. We've got a script from uh, Michael O'Donohue from The Lampoon and Mitch Glazer, and this was a a big deal. And I've got a lot to say about Bill Murray. I think he's, you know, I think we need to return and look at this guy uh, in the 80s because he's getting a little, it's the sanctimoniousness around him is starting to bother me a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree. It's, yeah, the it's Bill starting Murray, to bother uh, me a little myth bit. is out of control. So yeah. I can but, respect it. But yeah, uh, I, I'm excited. You know, it's, it's Scrooge. It's 1988. Oh my god, dude! You you have no idea what you've done. I mean, what? It's just this this movie. Uh, Steve Paulo says the ref is greater than Scrooge, and I I really love the ref. I really I think the ref is a seriously underrated Christmas movie. But but Scrooge to me is numero uno, numero uno, baby. Never even crossed my mind to ask if it holds up. So I'm excited to to, to watch wow. it. Wow. Is there is there anything yeah. to talk about here? I mean, I, on my way oh, I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. You go down to the A and P and you buy one. You're big girls, very big girls. I'm sorry. All right. All right. This is the most All random. Right, yeah. Scrape them off. <laughs> Scrape them off. Yeah. This is. I, yeah, this I, gonna, I don't. I be a shit show. Agree with Travis. I can't even. I'm not going to make up any extra words. This is like. This is the number. This. It's not. It's not Christmas Vacation. It's this movie. No, this is, I, I wasn't going to do. You watched Christmas Vacation like when I was younger, but we watched Screws and Christmas Vacation as a double feature every Christmas from like 1990 on throughout most of the 90s yeah this is it'll be fun it'll be great i, I love it's time movie. to take another look all right it's, I'm excited. it's incredibly incredibly heartfelt movie too it's so good yeah uh, I, I okay. some i'll leave it at that because it's a retelling yeah. we all know that all right there it is we're doing it Scrooge. i love it i'm thrilled of all the movies you could have picked i'm yeah i'm hyped i'm jazzed I would have been happy with the ref too, but yeah. I was thinking about Gremlins, but then I knew you know Luke wanted to do that when he comes back. Oh, Gremlins would have been a disappointment for me. Thank God. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, the ref. Uh, I thought maybe you're gonna go die hard because this Fuck Christmas movie. That. I'm so tired of hearing you that. You said 1988. Shit. I freaked out for a second. No, I, did. I would never do die hard. Good. I do die hard with vengeance, but not die hard. Ooh, die hard with vengeance. That's some problems, but interesting. Been on my list for a long time. So good for the, for the show. I mean, this it's oh really? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. If there's any die hard, it's the third one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, hell. We'll leave you all. Thank you for watching. Yeah, we're doing a podcast. Uh, bye. Thank you for sticking to the bitter end. Uh, that's Long it. one today. Bye bye. That's it. Uh, do we got any quotes to end on? Um, maybe, I don't know. Honey! Your mother. Bye-bye.